everybody, this is Craig from the University of Applied Research and Develop, and it is our privilege to have with us Dr. Brian Raisin, who is the Associate Professor and Leadership Field Specialist at The Ohio State University. Hi, Brian. Hey, Craig, how are you today? Amazing, and just delighted to, to learn from you as you share. Why don't you start by sharing about your current position and how you came to be there over the last 24, this is your 25th year. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to, uh, to talk with your students and, uh, and, and your outreach work that you're doing there. So Extension, uh, so I work for Ohio State University, but it's in the Department of Extension. And for about 100 years now in the United States, we've had this thing where we reach out and extend the research of the university to, uh, to the communities all around Ohio, where I live, and the United States. And in fact, Extension is in a number of other countries as well. Primarily, you may have heard about it in agriculture because that was our roots. We were a very agrarian country in 1862 when this sort of started, uh, actually during the Civil War. And, um, and today, though, we still serve local communities, local units of governments, our counties, our states, uh, all across the, the U.S. and again in some other countries. We kind of have four focus areas. Uh, agriculture most certainly continues and persists. It's the number one industry in Ohio. Uh, 4-H youth, so youth development, the old 4-H program that some people have heard of, including around the world. Uh, also nutrition and health, community development, which is my kind of forte area. So my research and teaching and practice focuses in community development and, and organizational leadership. So in, in real life, what that means is I work with local governments, with government organizations, nonprofits, cooperatives, uh, private industry as well. And I teach, well, I, and I also teach undergrad and graduate courses you know, on main campus. And a lot of those are based in leadership, strategic planning, that kind of thing. The, uh, the real work of that or the real, what that actually looks like uh, formally on campus or non-formally or informally as I work around the state and, and even in other states uh, is I teach leadership. I teach uh, how to do process facilitation, how to do strategic planning or visioning, needs assessment, uh, evaluation. I work a lot with local food systems and community health, building networks and, and collaboration. And that in turn equips local communities, citizens, for economic development, for economic improvement, for jobs, things like that. So that's kind of my, my current role. You said about building um, food systems. Why are networks really important for you in community development? Well, if, if you've read Flora and Flora Community Capitals model, then we, we think often about those networks and, uh, and how they can make a, a huge impact on local economies, on public health, on personal health. And so those all play together. And so in, in this kind of informal, non-formal teaching that we do in extension, uh, as we build those networks, we're really, my, my goal is to equip people to lead uh, themselves. And, and subsequently, then they can move on. They don't need uh, me to keep giving them information. And in fact, information is freely available everywhere, as you all know. Uh, but how do you translate that and put it 
uh, into context so that it becomes useful and valuable and, and perhaps even life changing. That's our goal. So do you help organizations to identify other people or other nonprofits or other community groups that they can partner with? Is that, is that an important part of what you do? Yes, we work a lot. So a lot of my work might be sort of train the, the trainer or train the leader. I may work with a, a, a nonprofit or a, a local government agency, a health department, for example. And, and they need to better do their, their work. So they need, how do you do that? Well, you plan. How do you plan? Well, if, if you want to uh, strategically plan, then you need to align your people. You need to have that network out there so that you can effect, effectively do your work. So a lot of my work is teaching sort of those organizational leaders how to organize their people, how to align their teams, and then how to strategically plan for their future so that it's all related to mission and uh, reaching their mission and what their goals are for their, for their work. I'm always interested to ask why someone would stay in an organization or in a role for such an extended period of time, which today is quite unusual. So what's really kept you motivated about doing what you do? Cool. Um, well, I, so I teach a, and I assign to both my undergrad and my graduate students and to some of my adult audiences an exercise that I call the personal mission. And so I challenge people, many around the world have, have listened to or read Simon Sinek's Start With Why. Uh, it's pretty popular nowadays and has been for probably almost 10 years, I guess. Um, if you can articulate and drill down to why you do what you do, whether it's you personally or your organization, then you can much more clearly identify what you need to do to reach that goal, to get to that why. On a personal context, if you have that mission, whether you're an undergrad student, a graduate, or even late in your career, you can, and I've got, uh, in fact, I think the third question that we, we talked about is, uh, advice for aspiring leaders, um, then you can better achieve what you want to do. But you have to be thoughtful and reflective. And a lot of times we are going so fast, we don't take the time to do that, either personally or in our organization. So if we can just press pause, think through uh, our why, our bottom line, our mission, then we, we the drifting that we do sometimes, uh, we can get back on course and align. So think about that personally, it's pretty easy. Think about it with your team or the group or your business, or if you're an entrepreneur, uh, there is so much strength in alignment. So in fact, for years, people have done strategic planning and lots of consultants do that. And, and I do that, but I don't call it that anymore. For about five years, I've been calling it strategic alignment. And it's really about the people and the mission when you get to that, then it's really easy to figure out what you're going to do for the next three to five years. So what's your why? My why? Uh, well, I have two. Uh, so I, I boil down my personal mission to, to two basic things. One, I want to be grateful every day, regardless of what happens. Um, regardless, I just want to have gratitude. The second thing I want to do is I want to encourage people in some way. That's every day. I, I literally think about that every day. 
I accidentally came to that mission when I was leading a, a 4-H group. I was speaking with a group of, of young, uh, I guess, high school students. And, uh, and we've talked about personal missions for years. People have talked about them in different contexts. But uh, somebody asked me to do this exercise. And I said, sure, I'll do that. Yeah, I can, I can be a guest speaker. And uh, as we were doing the exercise, and I was giving them five or 10 minutes to, to write their questions, like, how do you want to be remembered? What really matters in life? What's most important? Um, I think, well, I might as well do this. So I'm, all of a sudden, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm 35 years old. I mean, this is 15 or 20 years ago. And it hit me. This is my why. And it literally changed my approach to what I wanted to do, to how I was doing it. And, and if I, and so I'll, I'll jump to, to the third question that we kind of talked about in advance, what, what advice I would give. Um, if you can become missional, daily in your personal life, figure out what, um, what's most important. So Covey writes about your, your bigger yes, uh, that it's easy to say no when you have a larger yes looming in the background. That helps you, uh, it actually gives you more time and, and frees up your time because if you're saying no to a lot of smaller things that aren't as missional or as important, then you can really focus on what matters and actually increase uh, the amount of time you have available so uh, John Stepper uh, calls this uh, working out loud. And so the idea is you, you find what you're good at, that you have some natural ability. And, and of course, a lot of people have taken the, the Gallup Strengths Finder assessment, anything like that. There are hundreds of them. Uh, but if you do a few of those assessments, learn about yourself, then you can focus more on the things that you're good at. Then Stepper's idea and this working out loud idea is that you share those generously. And as you share those, you start to create networks of people that see your enthusiasm, your interest, your gratitude. And you, I call it creating your own luck. So Craig, how long has, have we had the definition? Luck is simply where preparation meets opportunity. Everybody, you know, that intersection. Well, if you have, have thought about your personal mission, if you've articulated it, boiled it down to just one or two words so that literally it energizes you as, as Sinek talks, Simon Sinek talks about, uh, driven by that why. It's surprising how many opportunities are out there and you don't notice them unless you're kind of tuned in and watching and reflecting. But when that happens, I... I I honestly think the number one career advancement, uh, I've been a plumber, a home builder, I've worked in steel mills, fireman, uh, library, clerk, retail clerk. I've done a lot of things. I was in private industry before coming to academia. But what has advanced my career to a job that now I love, I'm like so blessed and thankful that I get to do what I do every day, um, sometimes too much, Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> But it's been having that, uh, um, that gratitude um, and people seeing that and inviting me either to come work for them or to be on a team or to go back and get an advanced degree or two at no charge 
because I would have never dreamed that in a hundred years. I barely escaped undergraduate <laughs> and, and would have never dreamed uh, to come back to the university. And, uh, but, but if you create your own luck, and I honestly believe it's possible at whatever level or interest that you have. Um, and I, as I said, I've been in manufacturing jobs. I've been in uh, many blue collar jobs and, and labor jobs before coming into to academia. Um, it's really a remarkable thing. And that missional piece, whatever it may be, uh, can be really powerful and can really keep you on track and help you advance personally and professionally. I love that and your passion for what you do and for your mission really does exude out of you, Brian. It's very, very clear. And I would imagine that the people that get the privilege of working with you in community and the organizations or for-profit businesses must feel that as well. And I always think that it's like a, a sponge, you know, a sponge when it's dry can't absorb the water that it's being used with. But when it's a bit damp, but damp, it can soak up a whole lot more water. It's so much more absorbent. And I think that your enthusiasm when you're speaking to people, it just moistens the atmosphere and moistens their heart, their soul, their spirit, their intellect to receive from you what it is that you bring to share. I really like that. And I, I agree with you. I think that when you're really focused on what you're doing and why you're doing it, there's once in a lifetime opportunity every single day. And our luck just seems to get bigger and bigger. And people step back and go, how did they get there? How did that happen? How did you meet that person? How did that opportunity arise? And it's just because when you're moving forward, it's like a ship. When a ship is moving forward, has that momentum, it can be turned in the direction that it needs to go. But if it's stagnant and going nowhere, lack of passion, lack of why, it can't get turned into the direction it needs to go. How do you help people? You know, you must spot there's those moments when you're talking to people where you just need to step aside from the course or step aside from the program and you see that there's a personal teaching moment. How do you transition to that? Because that can be difficult for people, I think, at times, when you see there's something else I need to say to this person. How do you make that shift? I, I wish I knew how to answer that. Um, that's, that's probably the magic piece. There, is, there, there are some underlying pieces, Craig. So one is, is just awareness and reflection, self-awareness and, and awareness of the context within which you're working, wherever that may be, whether that's, I do a lot of volunteer work with, with some organizations, some NGOs around the world and, and some faith-based groups here in the States. And, um, and so think back to uh, Daniel Goleman and emotional intelligence, EQ, the, the writing around EQ. So there's, there's uh, self-awareness, self-regulation, uh, motivation and empathy. Those are kind of those pieces of EQ. The interesting thing that I love that Goldman says and the research says is that unlike an IQ, which may be fixed, whatever, uh, EQ absolutely can grow. And so if you are uh, working on developing your emotional quotient, your emotional intelligence, then you become more aware of those moments that may happen. Uh, there was a research study that was done on, on serendipity in teaching. It was really fascinating. They, they interviewed students five or 10 years out 
and they asked them what they remembered about their college years or even high school years. And many of the students did not talk anything about math or science. They talked about a moment when a teacher or a professor or a coach said, you've got something, I believe in you, you have leadership ability. Almost a throwaway, just a quick phrase. And that is what they remembered. And so I've been reading about and thinking about how can I create serendipity or serendipitous moments, it's oxymoronic, yes, but, but can it be done? And I think if you raise your EQ, if you just, that, that awareness, and, and I'm not naturally good at this, um, but if I'm facilitating your meeting and teaching a class, uh, or I've got a group of undergrads, last semester we did have in-person classes, even with COVID, with great distance in the room and, and masks, um, but just being able to, to, to really tune into those students made a difference for some of them because some of their other classes were canceled or were only online. And so they were feeling pretty isolated. And so I was consciously, every time we met once a week, hour and a half, I was consciously trying to really tune in and have my IQ or EQ at that higher level so that I could try to catch something that they were feeling or thinking and, and try to help them, encourage them in some way. And, and again, when you do that, uh, if, if, you're, if you start to become known for that, then again, career-wise, what, whatever field you may be in, um, people will take notice and they invite you <laughs> to be on their teams or to, to participate or to, to volunteer with their organization, whatever it may be. And, and that's joy, that just brings joy in life. I love that, Brian. I think because you're very clear that you want to encourage people and you want to have that sense of gratitude every single day. That's what you're about. And when there are those opportunities and you see someone needs something that's a, a bit aside to the prescribed course or maybe the objective of the lesson or the tasks that need to get done, to just have that awareness to step into someone's personal space as a leader. But you're very clear you've got gratitude and you want to encourage. And so naturally you can do that. You know, we may not always have the right words as leaders. We may not understand the full context of what they brought into, you know, our, our class or our interaction with us or that teaching moment. But if we start with encouragement, I don't think we can go too wrong because those, those moments of encouragement are quite powerful. Brian, I'm really enjoying this. Um, for those people who are aspiring leaders, they're not yet a leader in the organization, um, or they are a leader and they're wanting to make that shift. What would you say are some things they can build into their experiences going forward to prepare them for the next level? Yeah, so I, so I, I mentioned the working out loud or creating your own luck. I, I've done those sort of by accident for the last 35 years uh, that I've been, you know, post uh, undergrad and, and I've just been very lucky uh, that I, again, accidentally did that. But now I'm trying to teach my students to do it on purpose. So go do some of those Myers-Briggs or strengths assessments or whatever they may be, because as you, with the EQ, the idea is self-awareness is the number one piece of emotional intelligence. So if you can increase your self-awareness then um, you can 
increase your self-regulation, which is the second piece. We used to call these soft skills. And I hate that term. I think it's wrong because as we are learning, these are the most critical skills in the workforce today, whatever your industry. Because I talk with uh, industry leaders and, and of course I was in private industry in the paper manufacturing for about five years. Um, and, and we can teach people to do almost any job, but if we can increase their, their soft skills, their critical skills of listening, teamwork, self-awareness, self-regulation, uh, then, then you can really change the culture of the organization. And that culture, uh, as the old phrase says, cult, organizational culture will eat your strategic plan for lunch. And so, so working with your people as an aspiring leader, working to increase your own EQ, which is absolutely doable, um, can I think make the biggest difference. Having that personal mission that you can go back to and even mention. I ask my grad students or I suggest to them that they keep the little exercise, the piece of paper where they've, they've gone through and asked those questions about what really matters in life. Uh, what are my key values? What do I want to do? How do I want to be remembered? And to put that in their resume and to mention it uh, as they're doing job interviews. I had an undergrad student um, who told me it was just last year that he used his personal mission. He got a chance, uh, it was an internship. He was a third year uh, junior and a pretty high tech coveted internship. He said, they asked me if I had anything else to say. And I, he said, Brian, or Dr. Raisin, I started talking about my personal mission. And he said, they literally just stopped and said, no one has articulated a personal mission of all the folks we've been, it was computer science kind of internship. They said, wow, you are really clear about what you want to do. He got the job right then. <laughs> he told me about it. I would have never known. Blew my mind. So, you know, so as aspiring leaders, absolutely. EQ, personal mission. And just to encourage people, I'm, I'm telling you, if you've read uh, the Dalai Lama, if you're a fan of, of, of him or, or the Desmond Tutu, they've got a book called The Book of Joy. And they wrote it a few years ago. And, uh, and one of the things they talk about is, is focusing in on considering your mortality, that we're not gonna be here forever, uh, and finding gratitude every day. And some of those things can be really powerful uh, if you talk about them and, and put them into practice in your work. Yeah, that's really powerful. Brian, really want to thank you for your time and what you've shared. And I hope that people have been making notes. And if you didn't have a notepad with you, everybody, um, while you've been listening to this, hit rewind, grab a notepad, grab a pen and make some notes because I've got a, a page full of notes here while I've been listening to Brian and had the privilege of asking questions. So please do gather all these nuggets of wisdom as you go forward and contemplate how you can make the biggest impact while making your own luck every single day. Brian, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate you, and um, may you stay healthy and safe. Thank you, Craig. Thanks so much, and blessings. I hope your students uh, glad to chat anytime.